Hello and welcome to another weekly teaching from Vineyard Community Church, St. Louis. So, the title of this teaching is The People of the King Are Losers. <laughs> How many of you claim to be people of the King? <laughs> yeah. I found out a while ago that I'd be, have the privilege of, of teaching on this topic. And uh, first Caleb and then David said, you're perfect for this one. <laughs> and maybe in a way, I am. <laughs> so I, I want to talk about losses, but a specific kind, not so much losses that just uh, happened to us, uh, the loss of a loved one, but rather losses that we choose. These chosen losses are definitely hard. They hurt in their own ways, but I've come to the point where when I see one of these losses sort of peeking over the horizon of my life, I actually say, thank you, God. Know this is going to hurt, always does, but I am so delighted that you are doing something new, that you're transforming me again more and more into the image of Jesus. So, the passage for today is uh, Philippians 3 1 through 11, and I will read that out loud. Finally, my brothers, and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same thing to you is no trouble for me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having the righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, so I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I might attain the resurrection from the dead. So Paul chose to lose. 
what did he choose to lose? You can see it in the passage. You know, it might be influence. It might be power. It might be people just recognize him and count him as a really cool guy, or maybe not cool with Paul, a really determined, impressive guy. He says he uh, had every reason for people to uh, think, or even for God to think, he thought then, that, that he had earned his place into God's family by his birth, by his circumcision, um, by, uh, he was a Pharisee. I mean, the Pharisees were like the holiest people in Israel, especially in their own minds. But um, they basically were fastidious about not sinning and preventing other people from sinning. And to that end, zeal. You know what zeal is, don't you? Get out of my way. I'm going to do this no matter what. And that was Paul. And he showed it by going around and arresting Christians and having them imprisoned. He said, I had all that going for me and what? <clears throat> Counted his loss. It's rubbish. So Paul was utterly dedicated to God. He was going around, he was showing his zeal by uh, going to different cities, to Damascus even, to, to find, root out and arrest the Christian people there. And he believed that he was saving Israel from heretics. He thought if he could clear out the heretics, then Messiah would come sooner. Little did he know. And then there was that moment. He fell off his horse. He saw a vision and heard Jesus. He understood that Jesus is God and was saying that Paul had not been honoring God with all his zeal, but rather had been persecuting God. And then Paul went blind. That was a moment of truth. Everything that Paul had given himself to wholly out of love for God, he found out in a moment it was all garbage. Horror of horrors. But then Paul talks about what Paul gained. In that moment, God offered Paul freedom and a choice. Freedom from this false self-fortress that Paul had built, that God had collapsed with one puff of his breath. And a choice. A choice whether Paul would lose everything he had built up so that he could know Jesus work alongside Jesus, share in Jesus' sufferings, and receive the resurrection to eternal life. 
Paul said that he chose to lose everything so that he could know Jesus, work alongside Jesus, share in Jesus' sufferings, and by some means receive the gift of resurrection to eternal life. Oh, I'm pretty sure that all of us here have suffered losses and that all of us here have suffered those losses that present that choice. Am I going to hang on to what I'm losing or am I going to let go of it and receive what it is that Jesus has to give me? Now, my qualifications to teach this uh, teaching. Um, you know, I, I think I've talked a number of times in the past when I've sat up here about losses that, that I've experienced in my walk with Jesus, losses that translated to gains. Well, there was a loss when God told me, I couldn't straddle the fence any longer. I had to choose, follow Jesus or creep back into sin. Your choice. And by God's grace, I chose to follow Jesus. There was a time in my life where I thought I would be unfulfilled and worthless if I wasn't a leader of an organization. And God helped me to see that that was a false dream and that my worth depended on him and not on my accomplishments. And then I was at one point where God was working with me on some of the ego things that were involved in preaching. And there was a point in that struggle where I was convinced that God would never allow me to preach again. And I said, okay, God, I want you more than I want to preach. And by his grace, God lets me uh, preach occasionally, but uh, um, he worked a lot of changes in the way that I preach and, and everything. So Then most recently, uh, been experiencing the loss of my self-reliance. I grew up thinking that I could do anything and that anything that I needed, I had to get for myself. That there weren't people who uh, loved me and backed me and were going to lift me up if I fell. If I fell, I was on my own. It was the way that I was raised to believe. And uh, God has said, nah, you can turn yourself over to Jesus and you can be a part of a community of people who love you and, uh, and that will be better. And each one of these blessings led to, each one of these losses led to wonderful blessings from God, transformation, trusting Jesus more. And I'm to that point where if I see a loss like this coming, I say, bring it on. And it makes me maybe not happy, but joyful. 
knowing that Jesus is doing that kind of work. I want to focus in um, a little bit today talking about losses that I, that we, especially we as a church, suffered during that lovely COVID summer of 2020. Government shut down everything. And I was just feeling a terrible sense of loss. And this was even before we opened up for reserved seating. Do you remember? Segregated bunches of, of seating. Uh, uh, or if you were single, then you sat in one seat and everybody saw that you were here alone. Um, Six feet apart from everyone, masks, mandatory, no hugging, no touching, hoping that coming to, ju- to church won't kill you. And then we moved to pre-recorded videos online instead of Sunday morning, which were beautiful in a way and not beautiful in a way. I mean, the not beautiful was, I'm watching this on TV. How can I touch these people when I'm watching it on TV? There were no classes, no small groups, no prayer ministry except over the phone, no experiencing Holy Holy Spirit's presence while we're gathered here worshiping, no meeting and welcoming new people, no reconnecting with friends. It was a time when fear seemed to overcome faith. And I remember thinking that there were three things that before this time had sustained me in my faith. And they were the worship and the teaching together with the community here in this building at church. That was number one. That built me up and helped me to, uh, uh, to stay focused on Jesus. And then the second thing was giving and receiving prayer ministry. God worked through that in me, still does, and I missed it. It was a terrible loss. And then the third thing was attending vineyard conferences, regional, national, reverb the various conferences that Vineyard puts on. And by the way, if you've never been to a Vineyard conference, um, check it out. See if it's possible for you to go to a regional conference, maybe. It's a delight. It's, it's a wonderful experience of God's presence. And so, those three things that have been so important to me were gone. And God, where do I look for nurture? Where do I look for inspiration? Where do I look for hope-filled motivation? How do I live without this? And then things got worse. As a pastoral council member and as a leadership community pastor, I got an inside look at, at ways in which 
uh, many of, of the church people in the church were hurting. And uh, a first-hand look at how some people threatened to leave the church unless we immediately returned to normal services and rescinded any uh, uh, mask requirements. And then there are other people who were just hurting so badly and saying, can't you do more to make us safe? Can't you do more to have the distancing and, and uh, everybody wearing masks or two masks or whatever it takes for us to be safe? They said they couldn't come back to church until they felt safe. I watched a number of people leave our church. Some with anger and condemnation in spite of leaders' best attempts to reach out to them to reconcile with them while doing the best we could to preserve our church for everybody, not just them. And I saw and I experienced the grief that went with such losses. Others left kindly and regretfully. We continue to relate with them as, as they desire, and we respect them, but we also deeply feel the loss of these people who used to be part of our community. We lost friends. We lost spiritual guides who helped us move toward Jesus. We lost community. We lost bagels and donuts. Some lost hope. Some lost the happy illusion that church was always a happy place where we could come and get our weekly dose of happiness. Weren't just my losses during this time, there were our losses. Our losses, each of us individually, but our losses as a community as people that God has bound together to be this local expression of the body of Christ. It was clear it wasn't just my losses, it was loss and grief that many of us shared. And it showed that together we are a body. We aren't just individuals connected individually with Jesus who decide to come to church here on occasion. Our connection with Jesus happens in community. Our sisters and brothers in Jesus are necessary for our life with Jesus. When others in our body suffer, we suffer with them, as Paul said. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. That's what you do in a community of people you love and treasure and respect and need. And some of us found the pain of loss too great and dropped out. Others experienced changes in their lives that just required moving to a different church. Others of us marched out under one banner or another that identified the cause that they considered to be more important than community and unity and love in the body. 
Others have found watching live stream television. Hi, guys. The, the, the best way to, uh, to experience church now. Some because they just aren't able to be here. They're too far away or, or their, their health or physical ability doesn't allow it. Others because they still don't feel safe in a crowd. And boy, um, we love those people and we continue, continue to love and be concerned for them. And others because they've, they've found that they just find it more convenient to watch church at home. We love all of these people. We miss them being here. We miss seeing them, talking with them, sharing the joy of the Lord with them. Now, I know not all of us experience the losses that this body experienced. I mean, some of us weren't even a part of the church then. But if you've been a part of a church, you've suffered this kind of loss. Things happen in churches. A beloved leader moves to lead a different church. A leader is caught in scandalous behavior and steals the faith and trust that we felt in community. A friend moves away. There's an angry schism in the church where some people march out angrily and, uh, and do their own thing. I could go on and on about <laughs> losses in church, but this is already too depressing. Uh, suffice it to say that we have all suffered losses in church, either here or somewhere else. So what do we do with such losses? How do we respond? How do we deal with them? How did Paul deal with his losses? His losses that were really significant. He said all he had accomplished, his single-minded zeal, his power, his position, his future was garbage. Fit only to be thrown out when compared with the tremendous joy and glory of knowing and following Jesus. He was clear. All these losses were nothing compared to following Jesus. He said yes to a total renovation of his life. It's like Jesus took him down to studs and joists and then rebuilt the entire house that was Paul in a way that wasn't Paul's way of doing things, but was rather Jesus' way of doing things. We've all experienced losses, uh, maybe to dignity, maybe to ambition, maybe losing a job, maybe not getting into a college that we wanted to get into, maybe having a marriage fail. These losses are deep. It's like watching what we expected life to provide and then it turns into smoke and drifts away. We deeply want some blessing, some, some place some opportunity, 
and our life just seems to be going in a different direction. But we know, as Paul knew, that there is no death without a resurrection in Jesus. In Jesus, there is no loss without corresponding gain in our relationship, our closeness, our serving with, our joy in Jesus. One way or another, we kingdom people are losers, right? But we aren't losers the way the world talks about losers. Culture says being a loser means being helpless, hopeless, hapless, totally unable to take care of yourself, just a burden. That isn't us. We're losers who choose to lose everything in order to know Jesus deeply, to experience his redeeming power, to just look on with wonder at the extraordinary changes that Jesus makes in us to celebrate that transformation, to rejoice in the ways that sometimes we can see it. I'm starting to become more like Jesus. I'm starting to act more like Jesus. I'm starting to forgive instead of uh, holding on to my anger. I'm choosing to give to people in need instead of avoiding them. And when we suffer losses, we have a community where we can share our losses and our grief, a community of sisters and brothers who are following Jesus, who will love us, who will care for us, who will hear us, who will pray with us as God continues making us more and more like Jesus. I thought, if, if you get to that point where, where you're, you're feeling this frustration inside of you, that life isn't going the way you want, where you're feeling, wait a minute, I should have that, not that other person. Those, those kinds of disturbing feelings that come upon us, what can you do? Well, first, pay attention. <clears throat> Sometimes I can be feeling like that and not even thinking about it, not, trying to, not noticing it. I don't know, does that make sense? And uh, it's important to notice it. Notice that things are frustrating, that you're not getting your own way. And then understand. Understand that what you're feeling may well be a part of your false self. The self that says, I'm sufficient. Jesus is great, but I don't really need him that much. I can do it on my own. And understand that that false self, you, is holding you back. And understand how fear or anger or pride or the stubbornness that you're feeling may be a sign of the impending death of something that's very important to you. You think, I can't live without it until you're without it and you find in Jesus, I don't need it. 
and we can remember what Jesus said. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life, her life, will lose it. But whatever loss it, whoever loses his or her life for my sake will find it. And then finally, throw out the garbage. Just choose to lose. Choose to give up what is not Jesus, what is holding you back. And pledge your allegiance to Jesus who knows you better than you know yourself, who has the power to do anything and who loves you so much that he, with that power and his total knowledge and wisdom, is going to choose what's best for you as his child. And as we go with Jesus, there's no possible way of experiencing anything better. Now, sometimes I know, I know that there are times when, when all you can feel is uh, the loss. You can't even imagine what gain might come from this loss. And sometimes it really helps to remember what we do know. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. What do I know? I do know that God created me and loves me and made me for an eternal relationship with himself and is uh, working to make that happen right now. I do know that God loves and cares for me enough to go to the cross for me, for us. And that love is never going to stop. I do know that in Jesus there is no death without resurrection. No loss without transformation. You can be sure that Jesus is doing something wonderful. And it may take a while, it may take a long time, but eventually you're going to see the transformation that Jesus has worked through this time of pain. And, and that, that's sort of related to the, the Bible study tip that I wanted to share. Um, as you get into the Bible, as you read it, as you study it, you're going to come upon things that you don't understand. You're going to come upon things that don't seem right to you. You're going to come across practices that, that at one time God commanded that just seem heinous. You're going to come across stuff that says, can I believe this? When you reach the point in Scripture, and if you engage with Scripture, it'll probably come pretty soon. When you reach that point where you just don't understand, don't dwell on what you don't understand. Focus on what you do understand, that Jesus loved you enough to die for you and that God's love for you is never going to fail and that God reveals himself in Scripture in ways that uh, sometimes we just don't get. But that Scripture is the place where we see Jesus, and that makes Scripture the place where we see God. 
and uh, probably be good for the worship team to come up now. <clears throat> Excuse me. Challenge. Sometimes it's an invitation, but this week I think it's a challenge. Find a place where you can just be alone with God. And that in itself may be a huge challenge. And some time when you can be there. And then ask God to show you what's He doing in your life? How's He working? What losses will ensue? If that doesn't click, then maybe remember a time in the past when you chose to lose a part of your false self and ponder those losses. Pay attention to those losses. Feel them. Understand how important they are to you. And then throw it away. Choose to lose your plans, your dreams, your security, your safety. Ask God to give you a glimpse now of the work that he's doing, of the new you he's creating, of the joy that will come eventually, sometime God promises as God transforms you, and then say goodbye to what you're losing. Grieve it if necessary. Yeah, it probably will be necessary. And then thank God for the new things he's building in you. So... I don't know, I guess maybe uh, the losses I've suffered and the lessons that I've learned do qualify me maybe a little bit to teach about how all of us kingdom people are losers. I've experienced it. But also about the beautiful changes that Jesus brings in us as we lose and choose loss and choose the gain of knowing Jesus. And I deeply hope that God has done the same thing in you and that God is doing the same thing in you right now. And I don't know, this just came to me. If you're experiencing a loss and you're just lost in it and you don't know what to do, uh, I'd be happy to pray for you during prayer ministry or I'd be able to talk, happy to talk with you sometime. So that's that.